Hi everyone, I was surfing Twitter this week and I found a really cool tweet by Big Daddy Liberty. He tweeted a quote from Thomas Sowell and the quote reads, It is amazing how many of the intelligentsia call it greed to want to keep what you have earned, but not greed to want to take away what somebody else has earned and let the politicians use it to buy votes. This is the Man Patriot Podcast, Episode 4. Hi everyone and welcome to the Man Patriot Podcast. It is November, my favorite time of the year because on the 19th of November, it is International Men's Day. So yes, I'm excited for that. And also at Man Patriot, because of the fact that the 19th of November is actually International Men's Day, we are declaring, or rather I am declaring, that November is Men's Month. Yes, Men's Month. So happy Men's Month, everyone. And I hope you enjoy this, especially the guys. And if you're a lady, you can also enjoy Men's Month as well. I don't know, you can consider getting your man something. or some, I don't know. But yeah, guys, this is Men's Month at Men Patreon. So um, as I mentioned in a few podcasts ago, I was saying that uh, Men's Month is going to be awesome. And I'm really looking forward to it. So not only are we going to be talking about men's health issues, but also at the same time, we'll be talking about um, the great men in history, the men that have made a great contribution to society. This is the month where we do all of that. So if you're a man... You know, and you don't feel proud about being a man, you know, you should listen to this. And also at the same time, you know, if you're a man and you think there's other men that should be listening to this podcast during the month of November, please share this podcast with them. You know, it'll be great for them. You know, if they are not proud of being a man, then uh, that's their problem. But on this podcast, they will feel proud of being a man because of the fact that, you know, we want to uplift the men during this month. Okay, so guys, you know, you know, during this month, the idea of um, spreading awareness of men's health problems such as prostate cancer and testicular cancer is um, a big issue. You know, you know, we try to promote this all the time uh, during November. So I just want to let you know that um, you know you can support people. You know, during this month. Um, there's a site called Movember Foundation, and you can actually donate to guys. Um, there's one person you can donate to. I promise to uh, give him a shout out on this podcast. He goes by the name of Nick Wright. You can donate on his page. He's got a special page for himself, and you can donate. Um, no donation is too small, and all donations are, are appreciated. Um, so if you want to know how to donate, you can click on the link in the description. So if you're listening on SoundCloud, the link is there. If you're listening on YouTube, the link is also in the description as well. So no problem. And for those of you who just want me to read out the link, I will do so. It's a very short link. But um, yeah, you can always go to the description if you don't get it. Um, it's mobro.co forward slash Nikizzle right. I'm going to spell it out. It's M-O-B-R-O dot C-O forward slash N-I-C-K-I-Z-Z-L-E-W-R-I-G-H-T. 
So guys, please consider making a donation. All donations are appreciated. Okay, guys. Um, also, you know, if you guys want to support me, if you like the content that I'm putting on here, you can support me on Patreon. Um, it's quick and easy. Signing up for Patreon is quick. It's free. No money involved. Um, and you can go on Patreon and you can actually support me. I have exclusive content for patrons. And, um, you know, I've got two tiers as well. So when I mean two tiers, I'm not saying there's two, there's two tiers streaming down my face. I'm saying there are tiers. There's a level one tier and there's a level tier and there's a level two tier. <laughs> That's a tongue twister. Level one tier, level two tier. Okay. So if you're on level one, you can support me for $1 a month and you'll be able to um, access my Patreon exclusive content and you will also be able to participate in polls that I have every month on what topics that we're going to discuss and so forth. And if you're on level two, you have level one benefits. And also at the same time, you will be able to ask me questions and I will answer them in the podcast. And also at the same time, you'll get a special thanks from me on um the podcast so if you are a level two patron i will give you a special thanks and uh, and your name will be mentioned as well just to let you know that you're actually supporting the cause that i'm supporting so guys i also want to thank you for the current support that i'm getting as well uh, i really appreciate it those of you who've been listening those of you who have been discussing the topic that um i have been discussing the whole time I really appreciate that. Those of you who agree or disagree with me, it doesn't make a difference. I really appreciate the input and so forth. It's great. We need to get these discussions going. We need to get the debate going. And that's what I appreciate. And also, if you want to follow me on social media, no problem. You can do so. Um, you can follow my Twitter. My Twitter is at Dumodenga. So I'll spell it out for you. It's D-U-M-O-D-E-N-G-A. That's my handle. And on Instagram... It's D-U-M-O-D-E-N-G-A as well. And yeah, you can follow me and you'll be able to see my posts and you'll be able to engage with me on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, uh, it's really cool to engage with those people who actually um, listen to my content. And I appreciate all of that. Okay, so in the next segment, I will be discussing the greatest men who have contributed to society. Okay, everybody. All right, so this is the segment where I talk about the greatest men in history. And I'll be discussing an article that's, that is on the website called theartofmanliness.com. I recommend you guys go there. It's very good. Um, it does uh, discuss men's issues and the art of manliness. Really informative stuff. So I recommend you guys go there and check it out. So they have an article called The 25 of the Greatest Self-Made Men in American History. So I'm going to focus on America specifically because I think um, this is the, as we know, the land of opportunity. I'm not American myself, but I've got to say, you know, America is a country that has made um, a lot of success in its history. And uh, I know many of you 
are going to be like, oh, but this American imperialism and so forth. Okay, whatever. You know, you can hate on America all you want, but let's just focus on what has been achieved by Americans in its history. So usually when I discuss articles, I'm always criticizing them. This will be the first one on Manpatria where I'll be agreeing with the article. So I'll have a... So if you guys are expecting a rant, there may be a rant here and there. But um, I'm mostly going to be positive with this podcast because this is the month of men. It's men's month. And we, or rather I, at Manpatria, want to uplift the man during November. So... The article starts off, all right, about a self-made man. And it reads, The idea of the self-made man is inextricably tied up with that of the American dream. It is the image that has lured thousands of immigrants to our shores, all hoping for the chance to turn a handful of beans into a vast fortune. The self-made man is he who comes from unpromising circumstances, who is not born into privilege and wealth, and yet by his own efforts, by pulling himself up by the bootstraps, manages to become a great success in life. Frederick Douglass, a self-made man himself, said the discussion of self-made men was the discussion of manhood itself, and this in its broadest and most comprehensive sense. Douglas sensed that the story of the self-made man is the story of manliness personified. The self-made man harnesses and utilizes the most important masculine qualities, which are hard work, perseverance, and most of all, personal responsibility. The story of the self-made man embodies the goal of every man, which is to become the captain of his own destiny. I could not agree more with the above paragraph. I think that one thing in our society is that men are not being men. You know, we are not encouraging men to work. In fact, uh, in South Africa specifically, I got to say that um, our system of economics is based on the victimhood mentality, trying to make things um you know, trying to reward people for being a victim, basically. And I think for me, you know, we need to get this culture back into men, um, as mentioned in this article, by pulling themselves up by the bootstrap, you know. And I think that's what we need to do, you know. And also the, the qualities of men, of self-made men, you know, we need to adhere to them. As mentioned, those qualities are hard work, perseverance, and most of all, personal responsibility we need to push those three things but we're not in fact many organizations are blaming men for a lot of bad things within society and according to christina hoff summers it even has go it even goes as far as primary school where boys are treated as defective girls so all i'm saying here is that let us or let men be great allow them to be self-made men instead of relying on excuses let's rather rely on hard work perseverance and personal responsibility that's what needs to be taught to men and it needs to be acted out by all men 
So what is a self-made man? According to the article, although typically associated with the rags to riches story, a self-made man is anyone who attains far greater success than his original circumstances would have indicated was possible. The self-made man often has to overcome great obstacles to achieve his goals. Self-made men attain their success through education, hard work, and sheer willpower. While no man is an island, it's not external help or special relationships that make the crucial difference in the self-made man's rise. Nor is luck the deciding factor. Society loves the story of a man whose success came to him largely by chance, from an opportunity dropped from the sky. Such stories allow unsuccessful men to make their failure as due to unavoidable bad luck and demerit the success of others by chalking their achievements up to chance. Sadly, too many men today believe that lounging on the shore, waiting for their ship to come in, constitutes the best way to reaching their goals. Instead, self-made men throughout history have made their own way in life by reaching deep inside themselves and through willpower and elbow grease, creating their own destiny. While there are always many factors to success, all are subordinate to work, which is the great key to success. And you know, this a paragraph, it reminds me of what Larry Elder will always say. Hard work wins. We need to work hard. We need to stop making excuses. You need to work. And I agree with that totally. I just think that really to emphasize on this is that we need to stop making excuses. I know it's very easy for us. When we see someone else succeed, we always say, well, that person has a particular skin color. Therefore, he's always bound to succeed. That person was born into a rich family. Therefore, he was always bound to succeed. You know what I mean? Or this person grew up in a particular area, went to this school, did that, did this, did all of that. And therefore, it means that he was always bound to succeed. And that is the wrong thinking. That is the wrong mentality. Not all of us are going to start off in the same place in life. But one thing I can guarantee you is that we can still make the best of the situations that we have and improve ourselves. That's part of being a man, part of being a self-made man. Goes back to those characteristics that I was talking about earlier, which is that the important masculine qualities are hard work, perseverance, and personal responsibility. We are responsible for what we are doing, men and women, but it's really important for the self-made man to understand that you need to work hard, you need to persevere, and you need to be personally responsible. So let's stop making excuses. Work hard. You know, hard work wins. You know, there's this one uh, quote from Larry Alder, if I remember correctly. He said that his dad, his mom and dad will always tell him this quote. I will always say this to him whenever bad things happen. And I'm just paraphrasing. I wish I just had it in front of me. Um, what he said was that good and bad things will always happen when you're trying to do something in your life. But how you respond to it will determine if we raised a man or not. And I think that is um, very crucial. That we're all going to have obstacles. How do we overcome them? And that is the key 
to um, being a self-made man. And also at the same time, you know, when something bad happens, Larry Elder always say, is that sometimes you need to look into the mirror and ask yourself what I could have done differently. So guys, that's part of being a man, being part of being a a self-made man. So what is the history of the self-made man? According to the article, in his rise from being the son of a candle maker to a legend among men, Benjamin Franklin became America's original self-made man. Abraham Lincoln likewise captured the public imagination when he made the improbable leap from lowly log cabin to the White House. Yet the concept really took hold in American culture during the post-Civil War period. The so-called Second Industrial Revolution was in full swing. New inventions quickly made men rich and famous, and factories sprung from the ground, seemingly overnight. While a young man's destiny had formerly been laid out before him, which was that he was going to follow his father into the family business, the possibility now existed to leave hearth and home and strike out for one's individual success. For the young man who was willing to work hard and get ahead, the nation seemed to offer innumerable opportunities to strike it rich. Inspired by real examples of Andrew Carnegie and the fictional heroes of Horatio Alger's novels, a man's success seemed limited only by his drive and ambition. After the heyday of the self-made man, the concept took several hits. During the 1920s, America experienced a brief infatuation with eugenics and the idea that a man's destiny and character were almost entirely determined by his DNA. The idea of the self-made man was further weakened during the Great Depression, when men who had seemingly done all the right things, worked hard, scrimped, saved and invested, saw their fortunes wiped out and all they had worked for washed away. Buffeted by grave external forces, it was hard to retain faith in the idea that one's life remained in one's control. Yeah, so I just I just want to just um, mention something about that paragraph, you know, especially in, you know, in South Africa, where I live. I think that um, there are regulations in place that do make it difficult for people to achieve their dreams. So, for example, um, I've mentioned in the first podcast, like things such as the minimum wage make it very difficult for young people to get jobs. Because um, young people do not have experience, so therefore they cannot earn um, a wage that um, is at the minimum wage. So their experience does not match the minimum wage. It's below that. And even if young people want to get um, a job, it would be very difficult for them to do so. Because if even if they're willing to work below the minimum wage, it would be illegal for them to be hired in the first place. So yes... There are sometimes those external forces that just make it difficult uh, for things to occur. And I do believe that the government can play a role here by not creating programs, but rather by deregulating certain sectors, such as labor in this case. The labor laws may be the first way to um, uh, solving this problem. Okay, so the article continues. The modern age continued to assault our culture's belief in the self-made man. Sociologists and public policy experts stressed the effect of poverty and culture in determining an individual's success, arguing that these factors greatly inhibited the rise of those beset by them. My American History textbook in college twice called the idea of the self-made man a myth, 
Most recently, Malcolm Gladwell's new book, Outliers, posits that great achievement is largely the result of cultural background and good luck. Okay, so I just want to comment on this. Okay, so I was reading, um, you know, I've read a lot of Thomas Sowell, listened to a lot of his interviews, and I'm not going to lie, culture does play a role in someone's success. Because if someone grows up in the wrong culture, and or let me not say the wrong culture, let me say grows up in a culture that does not emphasize on those three values that we that I mentioned earlier, which were um, hard work, perseverance, and personal responsibility. If that if that person does not grow up in that culture, but rather grows up in one that actually devalues that, then they will not be successful in life. So I have to agree. I have to kind of, um, kind of, uh, I wouldn't say disagree, but I have to agree with Malcolm Gladwell that cultural break background does play a role but the issue of good luck no um sometimes you will be fortunate sometimes you'll get that break um but again is did you get that break because you're just sitting down and your success just fell on your lap or did you get that luck when you were working hard and trying to find that opportunity to break out of poverty you know it almost reminds me um about uh, soccer you know when you're playing soccer there's always this expression if you don't buy the ticket you'll never win the raffle and this is this term is used to describe when someone takes like let's say a shot from outside of the box so if someone takes a shot from outside of the box and it narrowly goes wide and so forth then usually the commentator will say well if you don't buy the ticket you don't win the raffle and that's that's really what this good luck in my opinion is it's just that it's not that you're just sitting down and someone just hands you the opportunity you go out there and you take the chance and then yes you may say through luck you have achieved it but i think this luck is when you say i think it's a it's an issue of creating your own luck as opposed to just sitting down and hoping for the best so in the article the following question is asked why this list of self-made men? And it explains it in the following way. While the popularity of the self-made man may have faded in recent times, it is worthy of being revived. The concept of manly personal responsibility has greatly eroded, and too many young men today believe that they are the helpless victims of their own circumstances. The following list provides a strong remedy against such thinking. It is full of stories of men who refused to be satisfied with their lot in life and instead chose a different, more extraordinary path for themselves. They set a course for greatness and proceeded to work without rest until their goals became a reality. These stories prove that it doesn't matter who your parents are, where you were born, or how much education you acquire. The difference is in your character and willingness to do whatever it takes to be the best and achieve your dreams. As we honor these self-made men, we hope to inspire you to join their ranks. As Friedrich Douglass said, Though a man of this class need not claim to be a hero or to be worshipped as such, there is a genuine heroism in his struggle and something of sublimity and glory in his triumph. Every instance of such success is an example and help to humanity. It better than any mere surgeon 
give us assurance of the latent powers of simple and unaided manhood. It dignifies labor, honors application, lessens pain and depression, dispels gloom from the brow of the destitute and weariness from the heart of him about to faint, and enables man to take hold of the roughest and flintiest hardships incident to the battles of life with a lighter heart, with higher hopes, and larger courage. The list of great self-made men is not all-inclusive. Both the past and the present are studded with far too many remarkable strivers to possibly cover them all. But here we highlight some of the most extraordinary of these stories. While some of these varied men were far more virtuous than others, none were saints. All had flaws and made mistakes. Some were ruthless in their pursuits of success. Anytime a man's life is held up for an example, it is incumbent upon the reader to glean the valuable lessons to be learned from that life, while discarding those things which he finds distasteful. Okay, so the article gives a list of 25 men, and um, there's a lot of men in there. A lot. So I'm going to pick a few, one of my favorites, okay? And I'm going to um, read the sec, well, read their particular sections from the article. And also at the same time, you know, um, I would also encourage you guys to read this article in full to find the other men. It doesn't have Donald Trump. I don't know why they don't have Donald Trump there. I have no idea why. <laughs> I know some of you will be like, Donald Trump's a racist. He's a sexist. He's a homophobe. You can't put Donald Trump in that list. He's a Jew hater and all of that. You know, all those things, you know. Um, but I'm surprised Donald Trump is not on there, given his success. But anyway, look, I like as they said, the list is not all-inclusive. And um, I respect that. And also at the same time, I'm not going to go through all 25 men. So I'm going to be picking a few men who I think are worthy of noting. And also at the same time, you can read the full article. I provided the link to the article in the description. So if you're listening to this on YouTube or on SoundCloud, please look at the description boxes and you will find the link there. Okay. So the first great man in history, according to this article, was Benjamin Franklin. He was born in 1706 and passed away in 1790. And this is how the article describes him. Okay. Franklin's life is the pattern from which all other self-made men have been cut. His rhetoric of hard work, ambition, and thrift was not merely a philosophy he preached. It was the code by which he lived his life. None of the successes came by chance. They were created by the ceaseless way in which he organized his life to maximize productivity. Such discipline was necessary if he had ever hoped to rise from his humble beginnings. Franklin was the 15th of 17 children born to the father Josiah Franklin, a candlemaker. Granted only two years of formal schooling, Franklin supplemented his knowledge by constantly having his nose stuck in a book. When he was 17, young Ben struck out on his own and traveled to Philadelphia. Unlike other aristocrats of the period who used slave labor to free up time for their other pursuits, 
Franklin created an enormously successful printing business which allowed him to retire and become a veritable renaissance man. His accomplishments are too numerous to list. As an author, he penned the Poor Richard's Almanac, his famous autobiography and numerous classic essays. As an inventor, he created the lightning rod, the glass harmonica, the Franklin stove, birth coil glasses and the flexible urinary catheter. As a thinker, he established the Junto Discussion Group, the first subscription library and the American Philosophical Society. As a scientist, he made important investigations into the nature of electricity. He served his country, state and city as a councilman, postmaster, recruiter of the Pennsylvania Militia, Speaker of the Pennsylvania State House, Delegate to the Second Continental Congress, Ambassador to France, President of Pennsylvania, and Founding Father. Not bad for the son of a candle maker, hey? So the second person that I've chosen is Frederick Douglass, born in 1818, and he passed away in 1895. And the article describes him in the following manner. But before I um, read that, there's this one um, important quote from him. And it reads, Allowing only ordinary ability and opportunity, we may explain success, mainly by one word, and that word is work, 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 work. So people, you got to work. All right, so this is how the article describes him. When it comes to rags to riches, there is no rags lowlier than those worn by American slaves. Rising from the shackles of slavery to extraordinary success required monumental amounts of hard work, tenacity and passion. And Frederick Douglass had these qualities in spades. Douglass understood that nothing in life would ever be handed to him. When his master's wife, who had been teaching him the alphabet, was reprimanded for doing so by her husband, Douglas continued to learn to read by interacting with white children and working through any written materials he could find. When he was traded to the cruel mastery of Edward Covey, who regularly whipped Douglas, Douglas confronted his master, getting him to back down and never raise his hand to him again. In 1838, Douglas took his greatest risk yet and escaped from slavery to Massachusetts. Douglas soon rose to prominence, becoming an outspoken abolitionist, a spectacular orator, a best-selling author, and a newspaper publisher. After the Civil War, Douglas served as president of the Freedmen Saving Bank, marshal of the District of Columbia, minister-resident and consul general to the Republic of Haiti, and charge d'affaires for the Dominican Republic. During the 1888 Republican Convention, he became the first African-American to receive a vote to be nominated for the presidency. Dying in 1895, Douglas had risen from slavery to become one of the most prominent and well-respected men in the history of the United States. So the next one, next great man, is Thomas Edison, born in 1847, passed away in 1931. And one of his famous quotes reads as follows. It is astonishing what an effort it seems to be for many people to put their brains definitely and systematically to work. So the article describes him in the following manner. It reads, 
kicked out of school for being easily distracted, Thomas Edison received only three months of formal schooling. The rest of Edison's education came from his mother's homeschooling and his reading of classical books. Though he lost nearly all of his hearing at a young age, Edison did not let this disability hinder him. He early on showed a tenacious entrepreneurial streak. He sold candy and newspapers aboard trains as a youth and then won a position as a telegraph operator when he saved the station's agent's son from being run over by a train. As a telegrapher, he worked 12 hours a day, 6 days a week. Edison requested the night shift so that he could read and do his experiments during the slow evening hours. His constant tinkering paid off. Edison, often with the help from his partners, came up with a myriad of inventions, including the phonograph, stock ticker, fluoroscope, kinetoscope, and most famously, the first commercially viable incandescent lamp. The Wizard of Menlo Park was both a genius inventor and a savvy businessman. He filed more than 1,500 patents during his lifetime and founded 14 companies, including General Electric. Wow, what a guy. What an amazing guy. So the next person is Clarence Thomas, born in 1948. And I got to admit he's got a great story. Listen to this. Clarence Thomas was born in the poor community of Pinpoint, Georgia. Abandoned by their father and left homeless after a fire, Clarence and his brother moved to Savannah. They moved in with Clarence's grandfather, who would have had a profound effect on the boy. He taught Thomas the value of hard work by taking Clarence on deliveries for his ice business and having him regularly work on a farm from sunrise to sunset. Thomas became the first person in his family to attend college when he headed off to the College of the Holy Cross. He then received his JD from Yale Law School. After law school, Thomas steadily attained more and more prestigious positions, starting as an assistant to the Attorney General of Missouri and becoming Reagan's Assistant Secretary of Education for the Office of Civil Rights. George H.W. Bush appointed Thomas to the Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. He finally grasped the legal world's brass ring when he was confirmed as a Supreme Court Justice in 1991. Okay, so the next one is one of my personal favorites. Ronald Reagan, born in 1911 and he passed away in 2004. And uh, the following is the description of his life and his accomplishments according to the article. It reads... Any man who can turn an acting career into a successful run for the presidency certainly earns the title of a self-made man. There was no silver spoon in the mouth of Ronald Reagan when, it came, when he came into the world in 1911. Born in Tampico, Illinois, Reagan's father was a salesman who was always looking for better work. Reagan thus grew up moving from one tiny town in Illinois to the next, often living in apartments above banks and stores. The Gipper attended the definitely not Ivy League Eureka College, mostly by his own admission, to continue playing football. After college, he became a radio announcer and landed a film contract with Warner Brothers. After a stint in the military, Reagan became the president of the Screen Actors Guild. He began his foray into politics by working on Barry Goldwater's campaign in 1964. 
Then in 1966, without holding prior political office, Reagan was elected governor of California. Though he failed to win the Republican nomination for the presidency in 1976, Reagan was not discouraged and won not only the nomination, but also the White House in 1980. Kills me. What a story. And even Donald Trump himself, he had no prior experience in politics and he became the president of the United States. Also another achievement worth noting. Okay, so the last person I want to reflect on goes by the name of Booker T. Washington, born in 1856, and he passed away in the year 1915. And he has a famous quote, and it reads as follows. I have learned that success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which he has had to overcome while trying to succeed. Very profound, very nice quote, i got to admit. And this is how the article describes his life and his achievements. It reads, so the last great man that I want to go through today goes by the name of Booker T. Washington, born in 1856, and he passed away in 1915. And I've got to say his story is extraordinary. This is how the article describes him. It reads, Booker T. Washington was often criticized by his fellow African-American advocates like W.E.B. Du Bois for his approach to helping his people progress. While Du Bois felt that the fight for civil rights should have the top priority, Washington argued that blacks had to first work hard, manifest the virtues of industry and thrift, and achieved economic success. Once this occurred, he argued the rights they sought would naturally follow. While Dubois felt that this approach was harmfully accommodating, such a philosophy was a direct product of Washington's personal experience, a life which had taught him that man can work to make of himself anything he desires. Washington grew up as a slave until freed by the 13th Amendment. As a freed man, he took work in salt and coal mines before entering Hampton Institute in pursuit of an education. The president of Hampton recommended that Washington be made the head of the newly formed Tuskegee Institute. From this position, Washington soon came to prominence as a nationally known advocate for the uplift and education of African Americans. His efforts to befriend many of the rich corporate heads of his time and persuade them to donate their money to the education of his fellow freedmen met with great success and led to the building of over 5,000 schools in the rural South. His profile was further raised by the brisk sales of his autobiography, Up From Slavery, and his invitation from President Theodore Roosevelt to become the first African American to dine at the White House. Incredible story for an incredible man. And one thing I really liked about um, his quote with regards to black people getting more civil rights was the emphasis on hard work, you know, gaining economic um, success. And I think that this is the same message that many men around the world could also use for encouragement. 
that we can achieve economic success, irrespective of skin color, irrespective of background, irrespective of anything else. And we need to apply the qualities or the values that I mentioned earlier, which was hard work, perseverance, and most importantly, personal responsibility. So this takes me to the end of the podcast. I want to thank everybody for the support that um, that you've given me. Also at, this, also at the same time, I just also want to um, say that if you have any questions and you want me to answer them on the podcast, you can do so by becoming a patron on Patreon. It's quick and easy sign up, you know. And I'll put a post up there so that you guys can comment in it and you can comment in it with a question on what you want me to discuss. And if you agree or disagree with me, it doesn't make a difference. You know, I always believe in generating discussions. And yeah, you know, and I really hope that you guys have a fantastic week. So for all the men out there, happy men's month and enjoy November. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you.